But let's uh, change tactics. Let's talk a bit of cricket. Now, a lot's been said over the past few weeks and a lot of revelations have made about uh, Cricket South Africa. Well, the Proteas men's high-performance squad gathered in Skukuza last month for a culture camp and we are joined on the line by the team manager, Mr. Volvo Masumbelele, who can who will give us uh, just uh, some background on that uh, team uh, culture camp and how it went. Good evening, sir, and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Good evening, Tabiso, uh, and your listeners. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you. Maybe for those not familiar with you, Kumutso, can you just tell us, I mean, when did you join the Proteas setup and what's your background? Uh, all right, just a little bit uh, about me. I joined the Proteas. Um, just hold that thought. We're just losing you there on the line. We're going to try and get you back on a better line, uh, Mr. Volvo Masubelela, just to find out more about uh, the Proteas team manager. And obviously, he'll tell us about that culture camp. And up next, we're also going to speak to the, the AfriForum group uh, who released a statement saying that they're not happy with Cricket South Africa's uh, decision to appoint uh, black consultants going forward. Cricket South Africa said they'll give preference to black consultants. So AfriForum will talk to us about that. We'll take a quick break. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. Okay, apologies for that line. We've got Mr. Volvo Masubelele back on the line. Volvo, I was just asking just just a background, maybe just for our listeners. When did you join the setup and, and, and what have you been involved in? Uh, Tabi, so I joined uh, the Proteus um, on the 1st of May 2016, mm. and uh, I came in as, uh, as uh, the logistics manager uh, at that time, uh, responsible for all logistical arrangements you know, for the team, for all uh, the home and away uh, games that they get involved in. Okay, no, great. Uh, thanks for that. Now let's talk about uh, this uh, culture camp. I know that in the previous clips that we've received from Cricket South Africa, you have been stressing at uh, the point that this culture camp was actually did not come out when these revelations were made public by these former players. It was actually planned way before that. That is true. Uh, that is true, uh, Tariso. Um, um, the, the culture camp obviously came about uh, run about uh, September last year when uh, I just uh, obviously got appointed uh, in the role of uh, team manager. Uh, after having seen, you know, what happened at the World Cup, uh, that it was important, you know, to have, you know, something of this nature uh, so that, you know, we can be able to have the guys, you know, around the table and stuff and mesh out, you know, quite a couple of uh, issues and matters uh, that, you know, needed to be addressed, you know, for us, you know, to be able, you know, to move forward. For us, you know, to be able, you know, to uh, to have, you know, the same, you know, synergy and stuff, you know, in terms of how can we be able, you know, to take uh, Proteasa forward mm. in uh, making sure that, you know, we perform well in terms of, you know, our services and um, actually being a force, you know, to be reckoned with when it comes to World Cup. So, so the culture camp, does it deal with on-the-field and off-the-field issues? Yes. Like performance um, and what happens off-the-field? 100%. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, maybe just to give you a bit of a background, that uh, obviously the desired outcomes of this camp, you know, was, was to do a full introspection mm. of the team, you know, from an identity, you know, point of view, uh, from an environment, you know, point of view, and also, you know, just to reframe the main elements of performance, you know, on and off the field. So did you have to alter your plans a bit then after the revelations of the past few weeks from black cricketers? Did you have to add something on the agenda or was it already covered? 
I, I, I think, uh, you know, all aspects, you know, were covered. Um, because uh, maybe just to give a bit of a background, we, we did have, you know, culture camps, you know, before. Um, I know that it might have been reported that 10 years ago uh, was, uh, you know, the first, uh, the, the, the first culture camp, you know, that we had when Graham Smith and his crew obviously got around the table and stuff, you know, to come up with an identity and which was, you know, Protea Fire then in terms of, you know, how they can, they're going to be able, you know, to, uh, to move forward as a team. And uh, uh, subsequent to that, you know, there's been, there's been uh, reviews or culture camps, you know, that have been having year by year just to refresh uh, as far as, you know, the ideas and stuff that, um, you know, were done at that, you know, particular, you know, uh, po- uh, point in time. So we felt, you know, it was important, you know, uh, based on, uh, uh, you know, the type of players and the people that are coming into the setup that they might not, you know, have experienced, you know, some of the things, you know, that might happen uh, at that uh, particular point. Uh, we wanted to give them, you know, an opportunity to be able to formulate, you know, something, you know, that uh, can be able uh, to resonate with them, something, you know, that they can be able to own, something that can be able to give them, you know, direction and knowing that, you know, they contributed uh, into it. I noticed that you also brought in uh, outside people uh, from various fields. Which fields were they coming from and what were their roles in this culture camp? Um, in terms of people from uh, outside, um uh, maybe just to give a bit of a background, in the past, you know, we would concentrate on uh, the 16 contracted players and quite uh, a few of the guys, you know, that um, uh, were knocking on the door from a professional point of view. But we felt uh, this year, you know, to make an impact and making sure that, you know, we're taking this, you know, all the way through, you know, to our entire system. We had uh, the entire high-performance uh, squad you know, involved uh, as, as far as this uh, uh, culture camp is concerned. We invited all the uh, coaches that will be part of, you know, that particular pipeline, uh, the, the, the guys that are responsible for your SAA, your SAA under-19, and uh, the academy structures, because that's where, you know, uh, our players coming out of, you know, French assistance, you know, they'll be feeding into those systems and ultimately from that system, you know, into the project. And from a facilitator's, you know, point of view, mm-hmm is that uh, we used uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Ruan Guerta, uh who deals, you know, with uh, team performance, you know, models. But, um, uh, we, you know, with the experience and being in different sides and seeing, you know, what happens, you know, in uh, each one of uh, those particular sides, there was, you know, a real need for somebody, you know, to come uh, into a space and really talk about, you know, social issues, you know, what we call, you know, the soft skills, mm. uh, you know, issues around, you know, race, Issues about you know social cohesion, issues you know around um, uh, you know conflict you know resolutions and stuff. And we got a gentleman by the name of uh, Matlasi Machua, who is actually the CEO of uh, uh, Quality Foundation. Okay. And now, what are some of the values then that you came up with after these four or five days in the culture camp? What's the team's DNA now or the identity? All right. So from an identity point of view. Um, as you know, that, you know, from an identity point, you know, it's important that uh, for each and every side or every team, you know, to understand, you know, what they stand for and uh, what really, you know, uh, unites them. And uh, in that, you know, the values that we came with was um, uh, respect, uh, belonging, and uh, empathy. And then uh, maybe just to end on, end on that in terms of, you know, from a value, value you know, point of view, so, uh, we, we obviously, you know, came, you know, with the rules 
uh, that contributes you know, to that particular identity, which is you know the conditions of success. And we had to come up you know, with the beliefs, uh, beliefs which are the principles that would drive you know those particular uh, successes. But uh, on top of the chain, as far from uh, from an identity point of view, is that we needed to have a philosophy uh, which speaks you know to the style of play. And I think you alluded to it as uh, a DNA. Mm. Uh, because it's important, you know, for everyone uh, uh, producing players for us from French Cricket or every other level and stuff to understand what type of characters and what is the style of play uh, in terms of, you know, the players that we need for Proteus, you know, to reach, you know, the end goal uh, that that we want to achieve at the end of the day. Okay, let's take a call from Cape Town. Good evening. Uh, is this Colin? Good evening. Thanks for calling us. Yes, Tubby. <laughs> I don't miss your program. Sometimes I get upset with you, but don't worry. Thanks, Colin. Tubby, um, I'm, just, I'm just thinking now, you know uh, when Kirsten coached um, the Proteus, yep. you know, a couple of years ago, we mm-hmm. were number one in the world in test. Mm-hmm. Now this morning I heard uh, on, on SAFM, the, the rankings in cricket sports, out of nine countries, we are number eight with 24 points. In a space of five years, from number one world ranking test team, number one, we have sunk to so low. Can, can your guest actually explain to me what is going on with our cricket? Or is it too much political interference or what? Because, I mean, you can't be number one in the world five years ago and now you are number eight out of nine countries. Thank you. Okay, thanks uh, for for that, Colin. Volvo, maybe he's talking about the poor performances. You mentioned that actually you looked at what happened in the World Cup and uh, that's why you thought you should uh, have this culture camp even as early as last year. Are you able to pin it down to what uh, led to some of these uh, poor performances? I think just to get uh, to 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 his question or his comment about uh, how the team, you know, has said, uh, we're going to have to understand that um, uh, obviously, you know, there's been an exodus of players over the last, you know, 12 months or so. Uh, we've lost, obviously, you know, the likes of the Hashim Amlas and uh, JP Dumanis and uh, uh, the Imran Tahir, uh, Tahirs and uh, obviously guys, you know, of, those, of, of that caliber. And we're at a point where we actually, you know, building. And this is, uh, you know, the right time, you know, that we thought, you know, this culture camp, you know, will be relevant when we've got a young crop of players, you know, to be able to establish and uh, make up, you know, their own, own legacy, you know, moving forward and stuff. And uh, I can rest assured, you know, the viewers and the listeners and the public at large that, you know, from uh, this point onwards and stuff, um, obviously, with the ideas and the ideals that we'll be able, you know, to come up with and stuff, we'll be able to put them, you know, to test, and uh, we should be, you know, expecting, you know, better results and stuff moving forward. Okay, let's take one more voice note before we wrap up our conversation. Uh, good evening, uh, Tabison. Good evening to your guest. Uh, you're speaking to Libra here in East London. Yo, I wonder how the players um, are dealing with the administrative troubles at CSA. But let me go past that. Um, who was present at that culture camp? Uh, was the likes of Jacques Halles present? And then two, when are the protests going back to the field? You know, do you have any idea? Uh, maybe openings will play this summer because we've not had anything. Any, uh, there's not been any announcement uh, regarding the um, 
the summer schedule are you aware is the msl going to happen so yeah what's going on thank you thanks for that libra uh volvo here wants to know if the management was in that culture camp uh yes uh the, the management was uh, part of the culture camp um there were actually 32 players uh, mm-hmm. that were involved uh the 10 uh Proteus management uh, staff obviously uh jackalis is not a permanent uh, member uh he was just uh, utilized uh, in this previous season as uh, as a consultant so the uh, the 10 permanent um, uh, management uh, uh, group with it. And then uh, the four, uh, sorry, the uh, the four high-performance um, uh, coaches were present. Uh, the head of uh, cricket services, uh, Mr. Edward Koza, and uh, Grant Smith were the gentlemen that were present. And uh, our chief medical officer in uh, Dr. Manjo, those are the, uh, the people that were present at the camp. And uh, as far as, um, you know, the FTP is concerned, which... Uh, which is the future tour uh, program. Um, we have, uh, in principle, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, have agreements with uh, a couple of uh, uh, countries that will be touring our side. We're looking at uh, four series that will be taking place, starting kicking off uh, with uh, England um, in November. And obviously, uh, as I've said, you know, that's uh, in principle based on, uh, you know, the outcomes of uh, the coronavirus and stuff and uh, will be able, you know, to gauge if uh, that will be able to go on or not. But maybe just to give you some information around it, is that uh, we've got uh, three T20s and three ODIs around, uh, against uh, England in November, December period. We've got two test matches uh, home against uh, Sri Lanka during the December period. We've got uh, one away tour uh, to Pakistan. Uh, and then uh, we're going to have uh, Australia and Pakistan actually touring our way. So there's five services that we'll be able to cover if everything permits, you know, uh, everything is uh, COVID-19 permitting. And just finally, Volvo, as we as we wrap up now, does this new team identity or DNA mean that the Proteas move away from Protea Fire? Correct. Uh, that's correct, uh, Tabitha. Um, as, as I've said, you know, uh, earlier that, uh, you know, we just needed, you know, something fresh something new, something that, you know, the guys, you know, would be able, you know, to identify uh, with. And it was exciting in terms of, you know, the input and what we were able, you know, to be able to come up with. And uh, we have come up, you know, with a strong position uh, in terms of, you know, what is the drive, you know, that is going to be within, you know, the team. But unfortunately, it's something that I cannot be able, you know, to share at this uh, point in time. Mm. But, uh, you know, as, as, as we're moving along and stuff, we'll be able, able to share all, you know, uh, the good things and stuff that we're able, you know, to come up with. Because we really want uh, to make sure that, you know, the ideas and the ideas that we put, we need to put them to a test uh, in terms of getting onto the field of play. Because yeah. we want to be judged on uh, our results and not uh, be judged uh, on our intentions uh, moving forward. Okay, great stuff, and let's hope it yields some positive results on the field of play. But thanks for the insight, uh, Volvo, and thanks for speaking to us tonight on SAFM. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That's the protest team manager, Volvo Masubelele Okomuto, as uh, they, that's his... Uh,
birth name. Komuzo, but they just call him Volvo. A lot of people concerned about the Proteus position after that call from Colin that they're eighth in the test rankings. I think they're sixth, Colin. I'm just going to double check it for, for you because somebody says, yo, Proteas are now second from bottom in the world. Uh, that's because the focus is on everything else but cricket. The culture of destruction claimed another victim. Way to go. No, guys. No, no, guys. What have the Proteas won even before this culture of destruction that you mentioned? The Proteas have never won the World Cup even before these revelations have been made over the past few days. I was at the ICC World Cup last year in England. It was embarrassing. So let's not blame what's happened now on the Proteas poor performances, guys. Come on. I think actually these revelations are showing us why the Proteas have not won anything over the past few years because clearly there were divisions in that camp there. There was just no unity and that's why the results were not coming on the field of play. But let's move right along. We're still going to continue talking cricket and uh, we are joined on the line by Mr. Ernst Ru. Ernst Roots, who is the Afri Forum's head of policy and action. They are not happy with Cricket South Africa's statement that they will be giving opportunities to black consultants going forward. And Mr. Roots joins us on the line. Good evening, sir, and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Good evening. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's, we are a sports show, Mr. Roots, so it's, I think it's the first time we speak to Afri Forum on our show. Just for clarity, are you a civil rights movement? Yes, yes, Afri Forum is a civil rights movement. So what does that mean? Whose interests do you represent? Well, AfriForum is a civil rights movement that focuses on the the protection of minority rights. We do have a particular focus on the Afrikaner community uh, because that's the community from within which the organization was founded. Uh, but the, the campaigns that we take on are not exclusively uh, focused on, on the Afrikaner community. But th- those are the people that you mainly represent? Yes, you could say that. Okay. And... Um, Let's look now, um, why are you unhappy with Cricket South Africa saying that they want to give opportunities to black consultants? Well, I'm sure you would know that that's not what Cricket South Africa said. There's a big difference between saying that they want, that, between saying that they want to give opportunities to black South Africans. Okay, they want to hire black consultants then. No, that's not the point. The point is that they, they have taken a policy decision that they want to hire black consultants exclusively. In mm. other words, it's a blacks-only policy. That's not giving opportunities to black black people. That is racial discrimination. How how is it racial discrimination? They're not saying they're excluding white people, but they want to give opportunities to black people. No, that's not what what they are saying is that they are excluding white people. They've taken a decision that when they use consultants in future, it will be black people exclusively. That means excluding people from other races. Does not does that not mean that they're trying to redress the imbalances of the past? Because I mean, our past is well documented, and that's why now they want to give exclusively these opportunities to black people. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean addressing imbalances of the past. We are in the year twenty twenty. Uh, the further we, it, it's the strange thing about the further we move away from nineteen ninety four. Hello. Remind us about about the past, and the more these race, the, the more aggressive these racial policies become, uh, are becoming. We're supposed to to loosen the racial policies, to to start um, uh, stepping back on these policies. But what's happening now is the opposite, and we more aggressively get this response. No, we need to address the imbalances of the past. Maybe it's time that we start. Inequalities <sighs> in South Africa is the result of something other than racial discrimination that happened more than 30 years ago. So are you saying that the imbalances of the past should not be addressed? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it shouldn't be addressed through racial discriminatory policies. 
But but the past already discriminated on race for hundreds of years. I mean, uh, no, people were excluded. No. Can you name me a racial discriminatory policy that was implemented 200 years ago? The apartheid system was racist. Yeah, sure, but the apartheid system was instituted in 1948. But I'm saying the apartheid system was racist and the apartheid system favored white white people and that's yes. why now people have to do this redress and, 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 and try and make sure that the structures represent the demographics of this yes, country. Yes, but, but I think that it's, it's poor reasoning to say that 30 years ago there was, and I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you about the racial discrimination under the apartheid system that was unjustifiable. I agree with you on that. But to say that we had this system 30 years ago Therefore, if Cricket South Africa today takes a policy decision that they will exclusively use black consultants, therefore it's justifiable and it's a good thing. It's racist. Firstly, it's racist. Secondly, the, the Population Registration Act was repealed because it was racist. The, the act that said that people are, have to be categorized according to the color of their skin. So how do, you, how do you even classify someone? If I say to you, I'm a black South African. What, what legal instrument do you have to tell me that you disagree with me? Because the act according to which people are categorized by the color of their skin has been repealed because it's racist. Are you denying the fact that cricket South Africa structures have been systematically white for a very long time, even after isolation? Well, we can talk, uh, what, what, I, what I can tell you is that cricket South Africa has had, has had anti, anti-white racial discriminatory policies for several years which has been detrimental to the merit, uh, to merit and which has been detrimental to the outcome and, and the performance of Cricket South Africa. But I'm asking, uh, do you agree or disagree that the structures of Cricket South Africa are still systematically white? I'm not sure what you mean by systematically. If you mean that Cricket South Africa is, um, has white people, in, that there are people involved with Cricket South Africa who are more than, than the percentage of white people in the national uh, population, if that's what you're saying, then sure, I don't think there's any denying that. So do you not think that should be addressed then because the demographics of this country show, that, show us that almost 90% of this country is black and uh, the majority think, of the Bafana structures... If Bafana has 11 black players, do you think that they should start implementing white quotas? I actually think Bafana Bafana have met the quota system and the reason for that is that, like I said, 90% of the country is black and my, if, my if you have 10, let me finish, if you have 10 black players in Bafana Bafana and you have one white player in Din Firmin, I mean, that's already transformation there because the majority of this country is black. You can't say uh, that Bafana Bafana must have five white players. My question is, if Bafana Bafana has 11 black players, do you think they should have a? They should kick one of the black players out to make room for a white. But Bafana player? Bafana doesn't have eleven black players, and this is not I'm even about Bafana Bafana because in 1996 Bafana Bafana had a white captain there. Let's stick I'm, to I'm the cricket. To make let's. Sure that you are philosophically consistent. No, let If Bafana Bafana has eleven black players. But Bafana Bafana doesn't have 11 black players. But and I'm saying even if then, Bafana Bafana. But even then, the majority of this country is 90% black. So, so, so just, what's so what's wrong racism. with that? It's just anti-white racism. No, I'm telling you about the re- demographic representation of the country. Yes, no, the point is this. When, when black people are overrepresented, you don't have a problem with that. But, but how are they overrepresented, are overrepresented when 90% of the country is black? If, if, if it's 100% black, are you not saying it's overrepresented? <sighs> Let's take KGM on the line. Good evening, no, KGM. No, 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 no. no for the sake of time, I've no, got no, no. a... Ma- it's a very, no, it's a no, I've made my point here. Even if Bafana Bafana... Even if, if there are Bafana 11 Bafana of them in the team... <laughs> black, say yes or no. 
if it's 100% black, is it overrepresented? Firstly, you're not being factual because Bafana Bafana is not 100% black. Yes, but you I'm, are not to, being factual. I'm trying to point out that you are being inconsistent. No, I'm not. I'm telling you 90% of this country is black. So even if there are 11 so, so black players in Bafana is, Bafana, there's if, nothing wrong with that. If there's no white people, then there's nothing wrong with that. But if there are more than 8% white people... No, that's, that's, not, that's not what I said. And that's but not no, what I said. Let's take KGM quickly. KGM, no, 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 good no, no, evening. No, 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 Good evening, Tabiso. Good evening to... I've only got a minute, unfortunately. Yeah, no. I wish I had enough to deal with this guy. Um, Look, I think the reason why we have this type of arrogance is because we've allowed it for a long time. That's why you'll hear this notion of people like your guest coming on and and making nonsensical arguments. Uh, We've allowed them for a long time. But he's lucky and his people are lucky who think like him, because if I were in power, I would actually lock them out for a very long time to redress. You see, the, the excuse here is that we are still including them, even when they excluded us. You see, we should have taken at least a 50-year period and said they benefited in a wrong way, in an unfair way. The only way to redress that, it, it is to do exactly what they did. Only then they would understand. Now, because we are apologetic, and maybe naturally, we are like that. As okay, we're going to have to leave it there because of time, KGM. Uh, sorry, Ernst, we're going to have to leave it there, but we're happy to invite you again if you want to come back on our show. It's just that time but is on our side. And No, you're getting distracted. We're talking about cricket, and you want to move to Bafana Bafana. I don't no, no, think I don't think that was the discussion here. And I've made my point very clear about Bafana Bafana. And uh, let's not try and digest and move away because uh, and, and digress and move away because I wanted to give you some of the facts. I wanted to give you some of the appointments that have been made in Cricket South Africa systems since December when the management was appointed. I mean, uh, the the people that are in charge of the franchises are all white, all white CEOs in charge of these franchises. And I can name them for you, but we don't have time. And when Cricket South Africa says they want to give opportunities to black people, guys, it's not just black people for the sake of black people, but it's black people who are deserving, who have been excluded from the system just because of the color of their skin, but they are deserving and that's what they are saying. But if he's happy to engage with us again, Mr. Enz Roots, we will uh, will bring him back on, but we really have to uh, leave it there. We are late for news. Apologies for that.